You're listening to Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, November 15th. Data from the Missouri Department of Conservation shows deer hunters in Missouri harvested over 90,000 deer during opening weekend of firearm season. Of the total, over 50,000 were antlered bucks. Over 30,000 were does. Top harvest counties included Franklin, Texas, and Callaway. The November portion of firearms deer season continues through November 22nd. Lake of the Ozarks Lake Race has a new name and a new location. Organizers announced that Lake Race would now be called Lodo Power Fest and would be moving to Shady Gators and Camden on the lake. Lodo Power Fest 2023 is still sanctioned by the Offshore Power Boating Association and it's set for June 1st through the 3rd, 2023. Six people were injured in a crash Sunday. It happened on Highway 52. A 16-year-old boy from Versailles was driving when his vehicle went into the eastbound lane and struck another vehicle driven by 45-year-old Brandy Hancock Delatel. Three people were moderately injured and taken to Lake Regional Hospital. 19-year-old Adam Buckingham was seriously injured and was taken by MU Air to University Hospital. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. On the ice last night, the Blues make it three straight wins. They win at Colorado. Blues are all winning or all losing this year. They won their first three, lost their next eight, and now they've won three in a row again. They will play again tomorrow on the road at Chicago. NFL play last night saw the Eagles at home to Washington and Philly loses for the first time this year. They dropped an 8-1 on the season. That's the same as the Vikings. The Vikes are 8-1. The Chiefs and Giants 7-2. Chiefs, of course, come off the 10-point win over the Jaguars Sunday. They will entertain, or actually they'll be on the road to play the Chargers next week. Chiefs have scored 270 points and given up 206. That means they've outscored their opponents by 64 so far this season. College football, AP's top five teams are unchanged this week. Georgia at number one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, and TCU four. All those teams 10-0 and on the season. Tennessee is number five. The Vols are 9-1. and Mizzou four and six. They will be at home to New Mexico State Saturday. MSU is four and five. They're on the road to play Indiana State on Saturday. Hey, Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, and they're all greatness, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris every day at 802-102 and 802. 
everything about the lake. Lake news, lake sports. Find out what's going on at the lake. Cup of coffee with Will and Chris on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. Absolutely free on Roku. Streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com as well. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV is your hometown local TV station featuring Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, live high school sports, real estate, dining, boating, and of course the annual Lake of the Ozarks shootout. Lake TV on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, and of course online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. This is Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. Creationists often point out the fallacies of evolution, but there also is a positive creation theory about biology and living things. The biblical view of life is that it was designed with purpose. God created kinds of living creatures and coded each genome to allow enough variation to ensure survival during environmental changes. Every kind of creature has existed from the beginning, consistent with what scientists observe in fossils from the Cambrian explosion. In accord with the Bible's claim of distinct kinds, we expect to see living things easily classified, and they are. We expect to see similar body part features among different kinds. That similarity is not from evolutionary development, but is the result of a good engineer using features that work well for different applications. The genetic code is far more complex than any computer code designed by man. Even their ideas about junk DNA are being revised to admit functionality not previously understood. Life has been made with a purpose. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer.
positive programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3, The Key. Well, good morning and welcome to our little winter wonderland we call the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. <laughs> Old Mother Nature decided to throw us a curveball. As you know, Missouri weather is uh, some of the greatest weather that you can experience because if you don't like it, you wait a few minutes and guess what? You can get uh, a nice warm day, maybe a, a cooler fall-like day. You can get yourself uh, a rainy day, or in this case, you can get some snow. And uh, it looks as though we've uh, probably got a little bit of uh, the white stuff around still, a wet snow to say the least, and uh, maybe a couple inches of the white stuff. As far as uh, what we're seeing out there this morning, not really uh, slowing us down as far as any of the roadways, but uh, still probably a good idea to remain vigilant when you're out there on the road. Right now, we're looking at uh, 34 degrees in Osage Beach, 33 in Camdenton, and we are only expected to hit a high under an overcast sky of 39 degrees. Partly cloudy tonight, the low of 25. For tomorrow, sunny and 35, cloudy and 42 on Thursday, partly cloudy and 30 on Friday, sunny and 39 on Saturday, and it looks like the uh, warm day for the week, well, it will uh, match the temperature that we're expecting on Thursday with plenty of sunshine on Sunday, a high expected to be around 42 degrees. And then it looks next week like we'll get into uh, upper 40s and low 50s for highs. But uh, I don't know that a lot of folks were prepared for it. If you had a poll or a pool at work as to the uh, first day where we would officially encounter some snow, November the 14th would have been a good guess. And then, of course, uh, maybe you uh, get uh, to the closest. I don't know if you got the closest without going over. And I don't know that uh, necessarily that November 15th counts because the snow is already on the ground. But we still have some light snow moving through the area this morning. Current lake level at 657.06, river level at 551.57. And the surface water temperature, well, it is at 59 degrees. And we are uh, certainly glad to have the opportunity this morning to talk a little bit about what's going on in the legal world. Stephanie Beeman is going to uh, join us at 940 this morning. The folks with uh, Firefly Valley Farms have got an event going on they'd like you to know more about. So we'll talk with her at 940. We'll get some time to uh, chit-chat about some of the various issues, some things going on. And uh, we'll take your phone calls at any point this morning at 573-633-5395. Give us a call this morning on the Key Radio Community Hotline. So from time to time, we like to uh, discuss uh, the fallout of uh, certain issues and maybe address some legal issues. So I turn to my friend in the know, and that is attorney Mr. Fozzie Simon, who is joining us this morning. Fozzie, how are you? Good to hear you. Uh, good to have you with hey, us. Good, good to be here, Kevin. Uh, good morning, sir. Um, first of all, I, I'm going to I'm going to throw a plug for your next guest because I love the the people out at Firefly Valley Farms. They're they're really good people. <laughs> yes, they are. You're absolutely right, and uh, I know. Uh, we've been uh, fortunate enough to have them around for a long time, enjoying their coffee. Is is there anything in particular that you uh, favor when you uh, when you get together with the folks from uh, Firefly Valley Farms? You know, I'm I'm I think I'm the only lawyer in creation who doesn't uh, who doesn't drink coffee. So uh, I just uh, I I met them at the 
at the Dogwood Festival this year, right. and we our booths were set up close to each other, and they're they're just fantastic, fantastic people. They certainly are. Stephanie and Dax Beeman are are great people, and we've had the uh, good fortune of uh, keeping them uh, in our thoughts when it comes to. Uh, uh, coffee and things along those lines and the uh, various teas. They do a variety of different things. And uh, it is uh, certainly great to know these folks. And they've got a big event coming up here soon. And we're going to be talking about that. Well, and that, you on. know, it goes along with the, 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 the best concept ever, which is shop local. Yes, absolutely, sir. Local, local, local. And we, uh, we have Small Business Saturday coming up in the month of November. I'm glad you touched on that because uh, that is normally the Saturday after Black Friday, squeezed in there between Black right. Friday and Cyber Monday, which I, I guess a lot of folks uh, order uh, gifts and various other things online. So a couple of big days on either side there, the bookends, if you will. And the meat of the sandwich is Small Business Saturday. So local, local, local. You're absolutely right. How have you been, sir? I know that uh, you've been uh, kind of recuperating a little bit and uh, doing some things and getting your uh, I'm, getting I'm, your life together. Yep, I'm quite a bit better. Uh, I I had a little bit of a little bit of a medical scare, but I'm past that. And, Good. And uh, we're you know we're on the we're on the way back, and I appreciate you asking. Well, I am uh, so glad to hear that you're doing well, and of course we uh, we brought you on here this morning. Because we like to, uh, from time to time, talk about some legal issues. And, you know, we were going to talk a little bit this morning about the uh, fallout and the consequences that uh, have taken place since uh, what we did uh, a week ago, which was head to the uh, sure. uh, head to the polling place, head to the ballot box, and, uh, and vote on a variety of issues, one of which was Amendment 3. And so uh, the reason I wanted to talk to you is because, uh, of course, uh, it did pass here in the state of Missouri, 53 to 46 percent. And I wonder, though, if a lot of people didn't actually know. And this is kind of what uh, a lot of people are saying, that that people initially did not know what they were voting for. They thought, well, heck, we're going to have some uh, uh, some opportunities here to uh, uh, legalize recreational marijuana in the state of Missouri. But it came with a lot of other things. And so my biggest sure. concern, my biggest question with all of this was whether or not it's going to drive people back to buying marijuana illegally based on the prices of some of this stuff that we're going to see as uh, it, it is available now on the or, or will be soon on the recreational level. We, of course, uh, had medical marijuana that uh, people in the state of Missouri voted on and passed. And now we're, of course, and, and, and that's normally the case. It, it, it has been followed very closely. Medical marijuana has been followed very closely by recreational marijuana in a lot of places. So uh, what are some of the thoughts that you had after uh, finding out that this particular amendment passed? Well, I'm, I have to tell you, I'm not, I'm not as concerned about people uh, going to, shall we say, the black market, the illegal market, because um, it, it's like I, I, certainly that's going to happen, but I'm not as concerned about it as, as you might think because – like anything you buy in the store, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be quality controlled. It's going to be regulated. You're getting a, a consistent product where if, if you're, if you're buying from Joe Schmo on the street, first of all, you're risking arrest because that's still illegal. Right. Uh, it's, it's still, it's, it's still illegal to sell 
if you don't have the right permit. Um, and second of all, you're risking a, a lower grade of product or at least a less consistent product. You're risking, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the things we see in our drug court program right now, we see, uh, we see marijuana that's tainted with a number of other drugs or chemicals uh, tainted with methamphetamine, for example, mm -hmm. or tainted with fentanyl. You're not going to get that if you buy in a dispensary. Um, so just from a safety standpoint, it's, it's better. Uh, and secondly, from a, from a legal risk standpoint, uh, it, it just makes more sense to purchase from a dispensary. Right. Uh, and one of the, you know, we, we talk about the, the economic impact a little bit. Um, there, the, the amendment provides for what they call micro licenses so that smaller businesses, uh, in communities can still afford to get these permits and, and get a piece of the pie, so to speak. Right. Well, and, and I think there was some concern there with uh, a lot of outside influence because it seems as though when uh, all of this was being uh, touted uh, by a, a lot of different groups, of course, there were groups that uh, have always wanted to see the legalization of, of, of uh, recreational marijuana. However, interestingly enough, uh, there were a lot of folks uh, up there in Jefferson City that did not think that this was a good idea, Republicans, Democrats, as well as uh uh, you know, a lot of other uh, groups that thought, well, you know, maybe this isn't the best way to do this because essentially there was a, uh, a House uh, representative. His name is Ron Hicks. He's a Republican that had introduced HB 2704, the Cannabis Freedom Act, which wasn't uh, an amendment to the Constitution. This was more or less, uh, more or less uh, legislation, a bill of sorts uh, that, uh, uh -huh. you know, could have been... Uh, it could have been put out there, and I just don't think it got any uh, uh, got any real traction in the Missouri legislature because uh, there were a lot of people who just weren't into that sort of thing. But it really alleviated a lot of this uh, extra language that came with Amendment 3. I mean, it's 38, 39 pages, uh, and, and, and a lot of people yeah. think that th this is just, uh, you know, it, all, all of that paperwork can't necessarily be about... Uh, recreational marijuana, and uh, I'll tell you, it, it's really not, because one of the other major concerns here, Fozzie, is that if you want to grow marijuana in your home, obviously there's only so much that you can grow, but you will be added to a government database, and you essentially are waiving your Fourth Amendment uh, Fourth Amendment uh, protections against a warrantless search, which means, I guess, if they want to come and check on your grow operation, they have every right to come in your home now. Well, uh, and that's if you have one of these permits. Yeah. I mean, uh, so we very often, uh, we, I, we very often trade our, uh, uh, a portion of our constitutional rights or other privileges, but it, at least it's an informed decision. You know, no one is, no one is required, uh, no one is required to grow in their homes. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, I, I guess it's a lot like, um, in a, in a sense, it's like having your own own moonshine. Still, nice. you can have one; it can be licensed, and uh, but you're you're opening yourself up to inspection. Um, it's not, you know, the the right to grow marijuana 
is not what it's a constitutional right now, but it's not what we would call a fundamental right, like the right to keep and bear arms, uh, the right to the freedom of speech, freedom of religion. Those, those are things that we don't waive any of our rights for. Hmm. But <clears throat> again, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not perfect. Uh, but it's one of, one of the things I really like about the, about the bill, about the legal Missouri bill is or the amendment rather is, that uh, it, it it allows for the automatic expungement of low-level marijuana offenses. So uh, anybody who wasn't who didn't wasn't involved in selling marijuana to uh, children or or selling large quantities of marijuana, anybody who was nonviolent, uh, and anyone who was not involved in an intoxication-related traffic offense with, with the marijuana, and they can have those marijuana convictions expunged automatically. They don't have to, they don't have to go through a court process. And that means uh, a, a, you know, that, that's going to work wonders for people who are having trouble getting a job because of an old drug conviction mm-hmm. or having trouble getting college student loans because they have to answer yes on the FAFSA. Um, you know, that's, that's going to that's going to make a lot of otherwise uh, law-abiding concerns uh, completely uh, law-abiding again, you know, non-criminals. And that's, I think, a really good thing. Now, you talk about the expungement aspect of this. Is it automatically taken off of someone's record? Do they have to go through uh, an attorney? Do they have to talk to someone about getting this taken off? I would imagine it doesn't just automatically come off. Well, that's, that's what it's supposed to do. Oh. Uh, the, now there's, uh, there's a question of money. Um, how is, uh, you know, how is this going to get paid for? But yeah, the clerks are supposed to go through and identify, first of all, misdemeanor marijuana offenses and, and then, uh, felony marijuana offenses, more serious offenses and, uh, expunge those from their records. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just I, I think people should be just a little bit leery of that. I don't necessarily see expungement uh, being as uh, as as easy as it sounds, and, and and I know that was something that they talked about. Now, uh, there are also some things that uh, uh, fall under the same category: mandates that anyone serving a sentence for more than three pounds must finish the sentence before being eligible for expungement. And you had mentioned, Fozzie, these are more of the low-level marijuana crimes like possession, not necessarily sales, but uh, let's say you got busted with a bag of weed and uh, and a little paraphernalia. Uh, that's what you're talking about. Right. Okay. Well, and think, think, about, uh, think about how uh, if I possess more than 35 grams of marijuana and I, I don't, uh, I was raised when we were uh, when we were taught the metric system in school, but I'm not very good at it. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know how much 35 grams relates to in, in uh, pounds and ounces, but it's not very much. If you possess more than 35 grams of marijuana, that's a felony. Yeah. And uh, th- that means that you you could be out. You, you could have been out your gun rights. You could have been excluded from hunting for the past 15 years because. When you were 18 years old, you had just a little bit too much weed. Um, and that's, you know, that's, uh, I, I think that's who this bill is, tar- or this amendment is targeted at. 
Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring up gun rights because I believe if you have, uh, uh, you know, recreational marijuana, you pretty much give up any gun rights that uh, that you would have because you're not supposed to have marijuana and I think own a firearm if I'm not mistaken and 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 maybe you can kind of make that uh, a little clearer as as far as things go. Sure. So the standard is um, are you one of the questions you have to answer is are you addicted to a dangerous drug or do you use a dangerous drug and that's that's going to be uh, that's going to be an interesting question because federally marijuana is still a schedule one drug. Um, it's quantified as a drug or classified as a drug with little or no medical legitimate medical purpose. And so, uh, yeah, that's, um, that's, we still haven't solved that problem yet. I think it looks like there was a, uh, there was a federal law, uh, that was recently passed to begin the process of moving marijuana from uh, from the schedule from the scheduled narcotics or scheduled drugs list, and and that's I, I think the federal government is finally catching up with the number of state governments that have that have legalized uh, the consumption of cannabis either medically or recreationally. I got an interesting uh, statement here from uh, Matthew, and he says, "Why wouldn't growing a plant be a fundamental right? Why th- would they go after uh, tomatoes, regular tobacco? Maybe the feds uh, do require something." He says, "I don't know." Uh, and then uh, cucumbers or or what? He says, "Not complete overreach by the government." And and I would uh, tend to agree with him a little bit because uh, we, we've got a couple of of of, of those amendments uh, to the U.S. Constitution. The Second Amendment now comes into question, as does the Fourth Amendment. And I wonder if maybe this isn't a way for people to uh, being, uh, and I'm referring to the federal government here, uh, a way for them to kind of get their foot in the door a little bit when it comes to the Second Amendment, and certainly when it comes to the Fourth Amendment. If you are on this database and they can come and look at your uh, grow facility or your, you know, how you're growing marijuana in your home. Boy, that's uh, that's a little scary when you think about it uh, in in a roundabout way. Well, you know, and that's, <clears throat> I mean, I, that's hard to argue with. I I I uh, I guess I'm I'm a little more afraid of our appellate courts uh, and our Supreme Court with the which has been chipping away at the Fourth Amendment for the past forty years or so, mm-hmm. uh, carving out exceptions. Uh, and same with, you know, they, they, they protect the second amendment pretty good. I, I, I laud them for that, but boy, they've, they've done a number on the fourth over the past 30 or 40 years. They sure have. Uh, so, um, I've, uh, I guess I'm, I'm less afraid of, of somebody looking at my, my six plants than I am, than I am of, of the court saying, you know, you even need the six plants as long as uh, as long as uh, you can see something going on in the backyard. Well, interestingly enough, I would say, and and this is just a you know, let, let let's play pretend here for a moment to uh, to coin a phrase from Bill Lacasse. Um, so they come into your home to look at your grow operation, and oh, by the way, they just happen to see a shotgun sitting behind the door. 
<laughs> so uh, uh, what do you do there? How, how would you uh, how would you react to that particular situation? Number one, if you're law enforcement and I don't know who they would entrust to uh, to go into these homes and check these uh, these operations that they've got going on. Would it be local law enforcement? Would it be, uh, say, Osage Beach PD, Camdenton PD, Sunrise Beach PD, Eldon PD? Or would it be the county sheriff, uh, depending on what county you live in? Well, I, I have to tell you, I I know how I know how hard the folks at the local PDs work, and I know how I know how hard the uh, the county guys work. Miller County, Morgan County, and Camden County. I it's a it's a it's an interesting legal question, but I got to tell you, I don't I don't know if those fellows have the time to go around doing that kind of thing there. Right. Right. They are uh, they're spread pretty pretty thin as it is. So from a practical standpoint, I don't I don't think uh, Tony Helms and his guys are going to have uh, time to go wandering down a list, uh, saying I wonder I wonder how much weed Fozzie has. <laughs> well, and the other aspect of that, so the the, the state government sets aside money to fund a special operation. And, and and I wonder, because now this kind of comes into play and we're getting close to the bottom of the hour, so maybe this is a good point for us to uh, uh, take a little break here and think this over. But my thinking is the state government says what we're going to do is we're going to uh, take some taxpayer dollars and we're going to create a program. And in creating this program, there will be a special group of officers whose job it is not only to go into homes that they know of that are growing marijuana that are on this database, and also they become the uh, the officers that are essentially the ones in charge of, okay, so you get pulled over, an officer smells uh, marijuana in a vehicle, and... Uh, and they have these types of officers in special or, or, or in, in cities. I think they have them in Kansas City and St. Louis. I don't know that we have one here. Maybe we do. I just I'm not aware of it. But it's that officer's job to then come out and perform a form of uh, of a sobriety field test. Not in this particular instance for alcohol, but for marijuana. So maybe you create a, a a whole new monster with this sort of thing and throw some tax dollars at it, and and that's how. Uh, they're able uh, to, 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 to get someone that uh, would be solely in charge or have the names of all, all the people on the, uh, the database. And uh, that person then, uh, when there's a, uh, a, a maybe a question as to whether or not there's marijuana in a vehicle, somebody's driving around. And that's something we can talk about as well on the other side of the break. But I, I see this being such a setup. I mean, this is almost like uh, Amendment 3 has set the table for so many other things that they can do aside from somebody just smoking a little weed or having the opportunity to smoke a little weed recreationally. I mean, that, that, that's the surface, Fozzie. It's what's underneath the surface uh, that we have to pay attention to. Yep. Very good, sir. Well, I'm going to uh, ask you, if you would, to hang out with us for a little bit. I'm going to step aside, and uh, we're going to throw out our information break for the bottom of the hour now at 831. And uh, this is, by the way, The Daily Show, where it's uh, a little chilly out there. 34 in Osage Beach, 33 in Camdenton. 
a little snow on the ground this morning. Still a, a bit of light snow falling, but we should get out from under that. Hit an overcast sky for the remainder of the day. Partly cloudy tonight, 39 the high, 25 the low. We'll come back and talk some more with Attorney Fozzie Simon. Maybe kind of wrap up our Amendment 3 conversation and uh, talk about uh, the legal system in the state of Missouri as far as judges on the local level and uh, the state level and uh, maybe get into that uh, just a little bit as well. I know Fozzie mentioned the uh, the drug court. I believe we also have the veterans court, but uh, maybe some of the things we can talk about. And also, we can talk to you directly on the Key Radio Community Hotline at 573-633-5395. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, November 15th. Data from the Missouri Department of Conservation shows deer hunters in Missouri harvested over 90,000 deer during opening weekend of firearm season. Of the total, over 50,000 were antlered bucks. Over 30,000 were does. Top harvest counties included Franklin, Texas, and Callaway. The November portion of firearms deer season continues through November 22nd. Lake of the Ozarks Lake Race has a new name and a new location. Organizers announced that Lake Grace would now be called Lodo Power Fest and would be moving to Shady Gators and Camden on the lake. Lodo Power Fest 2023 is still sanctioned by the Offshore Power Boating Association and it's set for June 1st through the 3rd, 2023. Six people were injured in a crash Sunday. It happened on Highway 52. A 16-year-old boy from Versailles was driving when his vehicle went into the eastbound lane and struck another vehicle driven by 45-year-old Brandy Hancock Delatel. Three people were moderately injured and taken to Lake Regional Hospital. 19-year-old Adam Buckingham was seriously injured and was taken by MU Air to University Hospital. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at Lake Expo. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what what were the events? What are the things behind the scenes here? What, what led to this? Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor program on 89.3 The Key. Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. On the ice last night, the Blues make it three straight wins. They win at Colorado. Blues are all winning or all losing this year. They won their first three, lost their next eight, and now they've won three in a row again. They will play again tomorrow on the road at Chicago. 
NFL play last night saw the Eagles at home to Washington and Philly loses for the first time this year. They dropped an 8-1 and one on the season. That's the same as the Vikings. The Vikes are 8-1. and one. The Chiefs and Giants 7-2. and two. Chiefs, of course, come off the 10-point win over the Jaguars Sunday. They will entertain, or actually they'll be on the road to play the Chargers next week. Chiefs have scored 270 points and given up 206. That means they've outscored their opponents by 64 so far this season. College football, AP's top five teams are unchanged this week. Georgia at number one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, and TCU four. All those teams 10-0 and on the season. Tennessee is number five. The Vols are 9-1. and Mizzou four and six. They will be at home to New Mexico State Saturday. MSU is four and five. They're on the road to play Indiana State on Saturday. Hey, Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, and they're all greatness, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris every day at 802, 102, and 802. Everything about the lake, lake news, lake sports, find out what's going on at the lake. Cup of coffee with Will and Chris on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku, streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com as well. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. This is Happy Headlines. I'm the host, David Beach, bringing you good news and heartwarming stories to help you through your day. That's, I, I wish I could come up with something else to say. Here's today's story. Finding humor in any situation can help you through it. The death of a family member, husband, wife, son, daughter, brother, sister, anyone can be very rough, horrible. And here's a story of another company that's helping to find a way to help deal with those feelings. From the AP News, when the pallbearers brought Phil McLean's coffin into the chapel, there was a gasp before a wave of laughter rippled through the hundreds of mourners. The coffin was a giant cream donut. It overshadowed the sadness and the hard times in the last few weeks, said his widow Deborah. The final memory in everyone's mind was of that donut and Phil's sense of humor. The donut was the latest creation by Phil's cousin Ross Hall, who runs a business in Auckland, New Zealand called Dying Art, which custom builds colorful coffins. The coffins add such a personal touch and a light and important memory to an otherwise very sad time. Dying Art has created coffins resembling a sailboat, a fire truck, chocolate bar, Lego blocks, glittering coffins covered in fake jewels, and even a casket inspired by the movie The Matrix. Also, coffins depicting people's favorite beaches and holiday spots. Ross said the tone of funerals has changed markedly over the recent years. People now think it's a celebration of life rather than mourning a death. And they've been willing to throw out stuffy conventions in favor of getting something unique. But a donut? Deborah McLean said she and her husband used to tour the country in their motor home and loved comparing cream donuts in every small town. After Phil was diagnosed with cancer, he had time to think about his funeral and along with his wife and cousin came up with the idea for a donut coffin. Deborah said they even had 150 donuts delivered to the funeral from Phil's favorite bakery in Wittianga, more than 100 miles away. Helping people through a rough time in a special way. That is a happy headline. This is Happy Headlines. Thank you for listening. Stay happy, stay healthy, and find a way to make someone's day. Key Radio is a nonprofit radio station that works with local residents in the Lake of the Ozarks community. 
Our goal is to provide a positive platform for content that addresses a variety of topics while also giving people the opportunity to find out more about what's going on in our own backyard. Key Radio uses donations to bring you all of the information. So, if you like what you hear and you'd like to help us continue our mission, please reach out to us at keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. Businesses, individuals, and content providers power the programming that you hear on Key Radio. To inquire about making your tax-deductible donation, go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio or call 573-280-0532. 573-280-0532. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. If you've got a topic you'd like to share with the community, contact us right here at 89.3, The Key. It is 840. Glad to have you back with us. Coming up next hour, Stephanie Beeman will join me at about 940. The folks with Firefly Valley Farms have got an event coming up here soon. We'd like to tell you more about it. I was reading about it on uh, Facebook, and I thought, wow, this is so cool. It's going to be a big event. And regardless of the weather, I think everybody should get out there and check them out. I'm going to try to get out there when they do the deal and uh, and find out more about the cool things that they're doing. I know we've talked to Stephanie and her husband, Dax, plenty of times in the past about uh, what they've done with Firefly Valley Farms, uh, the orchard that they've had, and uh, a lot of other things that they've been doing. And, uh, you know, this is just uh, more of, uh, as Fozzie Simon mentioned, an opportunity to support local businesses. And I'm all about local, local, local. And uh, we have so many great local businesses that do so many amazing things. We talk about Small Business Saturday, again, which is sandwiched in between Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And a lot of these businesses will take the opportunity to, uh, you know, set up uh, a lot of special things. They'll have some refreshments. They'll have uh, some great discounts. They'll feature certain types of merchandise that they know people really like, and it's an opportunity. Now, I don't know about you. But I'm kind of a kick-the-tires kind of guy. I like to see it, touch it, look at it up close. Sometimes it's extremely hard for me to buy things online. And I know that you remember the big dongle debacle that I went through to try and get the piece that I needed uh, for the phone so that we could hook it into our uh, mixing board here and be able to provide uh, an opportunity for you, the listeners, to uh, say what's on your mind, but to also to have our guests on like we're doing with Fozzie, like we'll do uh, later in the 9 o'clock hour with Stephanie. So I've had a lot of fun trying to order things online. I'm sure so many of you have. Uh, the ability to track it, where it's at. Oh, it got held up in, uh, uh, you know, Albuquerque, New Mexico, but it's on its way, things like that. So this is a great opportunity again. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can get a hold of uh, the folks maybe at the uh, Camdenton Chamber because I know they're big promoters of Small Business Saturday. So let me reach out to Casey Cloak and see if maybe we can get her on real quick uh, here in the next uh, several days to talk about it. 8.42 is our time. And let's take a quick peek at what uh, is expected weather-wise, because I don't think a lot of people, you know, we were talking snow yesterday, 
But the thing about it is I don't think anybody had any idea what we were going to see in terms of accumulation. Now, as far as things go, 34 and holding steady at that temperature in Osage Beach, 33 degrees in Camdenton. And right now looking at uh, 39 for the high today under a cloudy sky. And then some clouds this evening, which will give way to a mainly clear sky overnight and a low of 25. Sunny and 36 tomorrow, cloudy and 43 on Thursday, partly cloudy and 31 for the high on Friday. Uh, 39 and sunny on Saturday, 42 and sunny on Sunday. So this is really going to give you that awesome opportunity uh, to put together all of the comfort food that you like. You know something, when you walk in the door after being out in the cold that you really enjoy, whether it's chili, soup, chicken, and dumplings. I mean, there's just so many different types of great comfort food. And I always enjoy walking in the house after being outside in the cold and getting that first snootful of whatever it is that uh, has been cooking on the stove. 8.44 is our time. Let's get back to our conversation with Fozzie Simon here this morning and talk a little bit more uh, about Amendment 3. But let's also discuss uh, some other things that are going on. Uh, let's see here. Um, Fozzie, we were uh, we were kind of discussing, and this is going to be interesting as well, uh, how sometimes people get pulled over. If uh, a member of law enforcement uh, sees them kind of weaving around on the road a little bit, they may suspect that there's alcohol involved. And now, of course, and and this is something that's gone on in the past as well. This isn't new to what we're talking about, uh, that maybe there might even be marijuana involved. So somebody gets pulled over. It's a marijuana-related offense because uh, the officer smells the aroma of marijuana and uh, says, have you been smoking weed? And, uh, well, the person says, uh, well, it's kind of hard to deny it. I was. <laughs> and, and, and how does that kind of uh, lend itself to uh, the situation at hand as far as maybe uh, some sort of a field sobriety test, um, how, how, how they administer that? I don't know. You've probably had to keep up on all of this, seeing as that uh, we have uh, passed Amendment 3. We didn't do it. Not everybody did it. There were uh, certain areas of the state where it was more concentrated around Kansas City, uh, around St. Louis, up in Boone County in Columbia, down in Greene County in Springfield. Those seem to be the real areas where people had come out and vote yes on Amendment 3. Seems like the rest of the state said not just no, but hell no. Um, but that really didn't seem to make any difference because uh, now I, it, and it's I, I think it's a, I think it's a huge coincidence. I think it's a huge coincidence that there happen to be major college campuses in all of those towns, right? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So what does this mean? And, and, and I guess it would be like any other uh, traffic stop if an officer detects the aroma of marijuana and uh, uh, either the officer or maybe they, as I said, they've got people now because I've heard about this up in Kansas City, that are trained specifically for marijuana-related traffic stops? Well, drug-related. Drug they're called uh, DREs, drug recognition experts. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, you know, they say they have specialized training in detecting drug impairment because some of the indicators of drug impairment are different than the indicators of alcohol impairment. Um, a couple of things to couple of things to know about that. The odor of, uh, you know, a number of states have distinguished between the odor of green marijuana and the odor of burnt marijuana. Mm -hmm. So uh, because green marijuana has uh, a particularly strong aroma as well, 
And so possession of green marijuana may very well be legal. Um, under uh, Right now under the medical laws and as of December 8th, under recreational laws. Um, so that alone can't serve as probable cause for further investigation or reasonable suspicion, I should say. Um, but that in combination with behavior or things like that, uh, I mean, the smell of alcohol is, has always been the, the grounds for further investigation, uh, you know, and determine if the alcohol is coming from a person's breath, and then we investigate further and we have a series of what are called standardized field sobriety tests that are uh, put out by the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. Um, we don't have standards like that for uh, drug impairment detection. The standard is always going to be not have you ever, you know, have you smoked marijuana, but are you under the influence of marijuana? Mm -hmm. um, it's even under Amendment Three. It's not. It's not legal to smoke uh, in public or in your vehicle. Um, you know, you you still have to smoke in a private place or consume in a private place. Um, we don't want people out uh, driving impaired, uh, whether by alcohol, marijuana, or any other drug. So they're going to call these, these DREs in, um, and there, there's a certification program that's involved and they, they, they learn some of the additional tests. Uh, there are indicators in terms of pupil dilation and size, um, uh, the way, uh, the way eyes respond to a particular movement of stimulus. Uh, it's called the, it's called nystagmus where they, the eyes jitter, if uh, if they're manipulated in a certain way, that's, that's what they're doing when they do the eye test in a DWI stop. Um, so, is I mean, you still can't you still can't operate a vehicle under the influence of a chemical, um, be it marijuana, uh, methamphetamine, alcohol, uh, air duster. So, um, so that's. Uh, those guys, for the most part, know what they're doing, and they're, you know, we're we're going to have some court cases. Uh, was the was the driver actually impaired, or was the officer base, basing his opinion solely on the odor of burnt marijuana on the guy's jacket because four or five hours ago he smoked a joint at home? Mm -hmm. uh, so um, it it uh, I guess the simple answer is. Uh, there isn't a simple answer. <laughs> Each particular instance will have certain circumstances that don't necessarily fall under, you know, like a cookie cutter type approach. I guess that's uh, the best way right. to put it. And DWI cases, alcohol DWI cases are the same way. And by the way, at the lake, it's important to think about boating. You can't, yeah, the same rules apply to operating a vessel. Mm -hmm. So, um, I did look up one thing I thought you might be interested in. Um, there is a section of the there is a section of the amendment uh, that specifically says uh, no person. This is uh, Article Ten, Section Twelve of the uh, of the amendments. No person shall be denied their rights under Article One, Section Twenty Three of the Missouri Constitution solely for conduct that is permitted by this section. If you look at Article 1, Section 23, 
Uh, it's the right to keep and bear arms, ammunition, certain accessories. Uh, that the right of every citizen to keep and bear arms, ammunition, accessories, typical to the normal function of such arms. So uh, part of part of the text of the amendment is Missouri's not going to deprive anybody of their gun rights. Hmm. Now, what the feds do, uh, again, if the feds are looking for people with three plants of mar- three marijuana plants, well, that is federal. <laughs> Our federal government does love does love to overreach, but uh, but that's uh, I don't you know, state state wise they're not going to do it. It's it would be unconstitutional. Right. Well, and then we have the Second Amendment Preservation Act here in the state of Missouri as well, and that's something that uh, you know we we we've, we've tried to uh, see how various uh, local sheriffs would uh, would respond to that. And I think in most cases you do you do get uh, the support of, uh, of of a lot of local sheriffs when it comes to the Second Amendment Preservation Act. So this is really interesting. As I said before, Fozzie, it really kind of sets the table for a lot of things that could come down the pike in the future. And and I think people need to pay attention, very close attention to this, because uh, as we talk about the fact that now people have the ability to smoke marijuana. Uh, legally on a recre uh, on a recreational level, uh, there's still a lot of areas. Uh, I, I want to say gray areas, and and the thing about this is, is it's a, an amendment to the Constitution, and uh, the Missouri Constitution, and 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 these things are hard to get rid of. So I mean, if somebody wants to come back around and say, well, right. you know, this wasn't really a good idea. Uh, let's see if we can scrap it. Let's see if we can come up with something a little better, something with a lot less teeth in it. Uh, that's that's going to be quite the uphill battle. It's going to be it's going to be the yeah it's going to be the same challenge as getting it on there in the first place. Yeah, and you know it goes it goes back to something we were it's not really kidding around about, but we were talking lightly about, and that's your your mantra of local, local, local. I, I mean, it's it's vital that people, and I'm preaching to the choir to your audience, but uh, it's vital that we stay involved in local politics and make sure that our representatives in Jefferson city are reflecting our will get to know, get to know the people we're sending to Jeff city, Mm -hmm. get to know the people we're putting on the bench in our, in our local courts. Uh, you know, around here, they all stand for election. So get to know what they stand for, get to know. And if they don't stand for what you stand for, find somebody who does and, and, and put them up or run yourself. That's never a bad idea, but just make sure you don't have a whole lot of skeletons in your closet because uh, sometimes that can come back to bite you. <laughs> I, uh, well, that's <clears throat> right. <laughs> well, and, and and you kind of uh, segue into another interesting uh, topic. There were a lot of uh, judges that were up, uh, some for re-election and the like. Uh, some ran unopposed. Uh, some indeed uh, had uh, one... Uh, in the uh, August 2nd primary, and you had to vote for him anyway. How do you see the state of Missouri shaping up now that the election is over and uh, some of these various judges that were on the ballot have won? Does does there look to be any kind of a shift in how we do things here in the state of Missouri, or uh, is it pretty much going to be business uh, as usual? I, I think for the most part it's business as usual. You know, I, I, uh, I know <clears throat> I know. Obviously, all the judges 
here in the local area. <clears throat> um, and I've made it a point to get to know, you know, the two, the two Supreme court judges who were, who were up for attention and the, the Southern district judges who were up for attention. Um, Zell Fisher has, has been a fantastic judge his entire career. Um, he's from up in the Tarkio area and, uh, he's been on the Supreme court for, I believe 12, 12 or 14 years now, but he's a fantastic judge. And then, uh, the, the newest Supreme court judge, um, uh, of course, special place in my heart because she was the first, she's the first, um, uh, public defender, uh, to be put on the Missouri Supreme court. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, like I said, special place in my heart there. Um, but she's, uh, she was retained as well. Uh, the judges in the Southern district, uh, uh, judge Goodwin, who was just appointed, he had to stand for attention. And I believe Don Burrell, uh, stood for attention and he's, I've never had a case in front of judge Burrell, but I'm told by, by people that he's a, he's a fair and decent judge. Um, we only had, you know, we had our two, um, associate judges in Camden County up for reelection, uh, Judge Miller and Judge Gilly. Judge Gilly ran unopposed even in the primary, and uh, Judge Miller had uh, ran against Ryan Bridges, who's a local attorney. And, and that was, you know, that was a no-lose proposition. Uh, uh, Ryan Bridges would have made a good judge. I think Heather's a good judge. And so um, we're, we won either way there. And then the only other local judge who stood for election was Judge Hayden. And I, I think he's a fantastic judge. He has, he's been a good judge my entire career. So, well, I guess then we are, uh, in pretty good shape as far as, uh, as judges go. Uh, we've got just a few minutes left here. I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, the veterans court. Um, can you, can you explain that a little bit about how the veterans court works? Because, um, I was talking with someone the other day and they asked me about it. I said, well, quite frankly, I don't know enough about it to, to tell you. Uh, so with the time we have left, could you kind of explain how the veterans court works a little bit? I'd be, I'd be delighted to. and, And I'll first tell you that, um, judge Aaron Coppin, uh, who is the, 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 the judge who presides over our veterans court. Uh, he would love to come on and talk to your listeners. I'm sure about, uh, about the veterans court program. He'd like to talk to anybody about that. So he's a, he's a good get for that kind of, that kind of interview, but the veterans court is part of the overall Missouri treatment courts program. Uh, we have three main branches. We have a drug treatment court program. We have a DWI court program and then a program especially for veterans and veterans who I think the right word now, uh, the politically correct term is justice involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, veterans of our armed forces who become involved with, uh, with the criminal justice system. And the Veterans Court program is uh, unique in our treatment programs in that not only do we have all of our treatment court resources like uh, testing, and uh, uh, substance abuse treatment for those who need it, mental health treatment for those who need it. But we have all of the resources of the VA as well. So we have a VA representative on our treatment court program, and they they provide a number of additional resources that aren't necessarily available to our non-veterans. And 
the 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 veterans uh, who are involved in our veterans court program have needs over and above uh, the the needs uh, I would think of the of the people who are involved in the the other treatment court programs because they very often have the problems they have because of their service. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've, they've seen things that quite frankly, people ought not to have to see and, and done things that people ought not to have to do in defense of their country and in defense of our freedom. And, um, and so we, we have sometimes a higher hill to climb with, with those folks. Uh, but these sorts of specialized courts have, a pretty unbelievable, uh, success rate. Um, you know, the, the success rate of normal probation is it, it's good. It's not great, but somewhere around 40 to 40 to 45%, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, not uh, 45%. You're not going to see those folks again. Um, and in the treatment court programs, uh, our success rate is somewhere in the 60 mid 60%, uh, rate. So, uh, because of intense contact with the judge and intense contact with treatment and law enforcement, uh, the, uh, those folks just tend to do better. And, and uh, especially with veterans court, we, we owe that's a debt that we owe these guys. So, and, and, and women, men and women. So uh, I'm, Yeah. Well, I uh, I certainly appreciate the opportunity to speak with you this morning, sir. And uh, as always, thank you for uh, taking the time to to join us. I hope your uh, your health continues to improve and uh, that things get better for you. And of course, I'll uh, I'll chat with you later on today. But uh, we are are very very fortunate to have you in our community. And uh, certainly, I thank you uh, again deeply for uh, for taking some time to join us here this morning. And I would hope that uh, you and I can get uh, back together. And the future and talk some more about issues that affect us uh, uh, certainly right here on the local level anytime my friend i love being here <laughs> thank you fozzy that is fozzy simon attorney fozzy simon and you can find uh, his uh, law practice right there on the square in camden and can't miss uh, the sign for fozzy and i just want to put this out there that uh, when we talk with attorneys, the advice or anything that they talk about is essentially for entertainment value and is not necessarily the uh, thoughts of the uh, staff and management of either uh, Fozzie's firm, uh, law firm, or uh, for us here on Key Radio, just so that uh, you know you can't say, well, hey, Fozzie said this and Fozzie said that. If you indeed need legal advice, you are uh, asked to consult an attorney uh, with your particular situation, whatever is applicable in that situation. Fozzie, thank you so much, sir. Again, great to have you with us this morning. It is 9.02 on the Midwest Coast. We're going to step aside, get some information from Stacy Johnson with LakeExpo.com. Chris Schneider with Lake TV as a check of sports. We will come back, talk with you for a bit. Our phone lines will be open at 573-633-5395, the Key Radio Community Hotline. And, of course, thank you for joining us on 89.3 Key Radio. Live, the free apps for iPhone and Android, and the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live cam. And we are broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors in Osage Beach. 
You're listening to Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Stage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, November 15th. Data from the Missouri Department of Conservation shows deer hunters in Missouri harvested over 90,000 deer during opening weekend of firearm season. Of the total, over 50,000 were antlered bucks. Over 30,000 were does. Top harvest counties included Franklin, Texas, and Callaway. The November portion of firearms deer season continues through November 22nd. Lake of the Ozarks Lake Race has a new name and a new location. Organizers announced that Lake Race would now be called Lodo Power Fest and would be moving to Shady Gators and Camden on the lake. Lodo Power Fest 2023 is still sanctioned by the Offshore Powerboating Association and it's set for June 1st through the 3rd, 2023. Six people were injured in a crash Sunday. It happened on Highway 52. A 16-year-old boy from Versailles was driving when his vehicle went into the eastbound lane and struck another vehicle driven by 45-year-old Brandy Hancock Delatel. Three people were moderately injured and taken to Lake Regional Hospital. 19-year-old Adam Buckingham was seriously injured and was taken by MU Air to University Hospital. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at Lake Expo. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from LakeExpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. On the ice last night, the Blues make it three straight wins. They win at Colorado. Blues are all winning or all losing this year. They won their first three, lost their next eight, and now they've won three in a row again. They will play again tomorrow on the road at Chicago. NFL play last night saw the Eagles at home to Washington and Philly loses for the first time this year. They dropped an 8-1 on the season. That's the same as the Vikings. The Vikes are 8-1. The Chiefs and Giants 7-2. Chiefs, of course, come off the 10-point win over the Jaguars Sunday. They will entertain, or actually they'll be on the road to play the Chargers next week. Chiefs have scored 270 points and given up 206. That means they've outscored their opponents by 64 so far this season. College football, AP's top five teams are unchanged this week. Georgia at number one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, and TCU four. All those teams 10-0 and on the season. Tennessee is number five. The Vols are 9-1. and Mizzou four and six. They will be at home to New Mexico State Saturday. MSU is four and five. They're on the road to play Indiana State.
late on Saturday. Hey, Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, and they're all greatness, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris every day at 802, 102, and 802. Everything about the lake, lake news, lake sports, find out what's going on at the lake. Cup of coffee with Will and Chris on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku, streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com as well. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV is your hometown local TV station featuring Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, Live High School Sports, Real Estate, Dining, Boating, and of course the annual Lake of the Ozarks Shootout. Lake TV on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, and of course online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. This is Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. Creationists often point out the fallacies of evolution, but there also is a positive creation theory about biology and living things. The biblical view of life is that it was designed with purpose. God created kinds of living creatures and coded each genome to allow enough variation to ensure survival during environmental changes. Every kind of creature has existed from the beginning, consistent with what scientists observe in fossils from the Cambrian explosion. In accord with the Bible's claim of distinct kinds, we we expect to see living things easily classified, and they are. We expect to see similar body part features among different kinds. That similarity is not from evolutionary development, but is the result of a good engineer using features that work well for different applications. The genetic code is far more complex than any computer code designed by man. Even their ideas about junk DNA are being revised to admit functionality not previously understood. Life has been made with a purpose. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-280-0532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer.
positive programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3, The Key. It is 9-11. Good morning, and thank you so much for joining us here on Key Radio and The Daily Show for this 15th day of November 2022. 9-11 is our time, and uh, I wanted to uh, go over a few things. I've got an event that's coming up I want to tell you about. Uh, also, uh, some information that uh, Fozzie provided to us that I want to run down for you. Take your phone calls this morning at uh, 573-633-5395 if you're so inclined and you have something on your mind. Give us a call on the Key Radio Community Hotline. Something that uh, I had seen posted, and before we get into the the weather situation there, Bill Munhausen had posted it over on the uh, Key Radio Orion Center page, was this uh, really cool thing that he wants to do. It's called Ozark Voices. And if you are someone who would like to uh, uh, maybe share some thoughts, share some ideas, this is a great way to do this. And you're not committed to doing a full-blown, let's say, weekly podcast. But if you are interested in doing a podcast, we are always looking for local content providers and local content producers or content supporters. And I know I was uh, speaking with uh, Charlie Hormack over at HMI Fireplace Shop, and they're looking to jump on board with Key Radio and support uh, our mission and what we're doing. And thank you, Charlie and Cheryl and everyone at HMI Fireplace Shop. I'll be getting over there soon to... uh, uh, to see about uh, getting some goodies for the fireplace that uh, we have in our home now. And a shout-out to Delta, who's feeling a little under the weather this morning. I hope you're feeling better soon, dear, and uh, that uh, I promise we'll, we'll watch the amount of red meat. I, I went to the butcher shop over the weekend, and I got some of my favorite flat iron steaks. And I love the flat iron steaks at the butcher shop because they do such an incredible job. But Chris and the staff there, it was great to stop in. I hadn't seen them for a while. And so I uh, picked up some flat iron steaks for my birthday dinner and had a late brunch on Sunday, so we didn't get to the flat iron steaks, so we threw them on the grill last night. And, man, were they good. They were delicious. But, uh, unfortunately, Delta doesn't uh, doesn't do a whole lot of red meat, so I think it's kind of cut her off guard a little bit. But uh, I promise you we'll, we'll do what we need to do there to make sure that uh, – you don't end up in that uh, set of circumstances again. 9.13 is our time. Weather, weather, what about the weather? Well, we did get a little snow, as most of you know, and most everyone that I saw posting it on social media, hey, look, it's snowing. It's snowing. I was kind of surprised last night, standing in the driveway, watching the snow come down as hard as it did, and then uh, the amount of accumulation in such a short time. We've got probably somewhere between an inch and two inches here in and around the lake area. Uh, Robert Christensen sent me a note, says we've got uh, snow up there in Iowa. And so, uh, of course, uh, the Midwest getting a little bit of snow. But uh, as of right now, we are at 35 degrees in Osage Beach, 33 degrees in Camdenton. So most of this snow is going to melt off. Shouldn't stick with us for too terribly long. We're not really anticipating any additional precipitation today. Clouds. And temps near steady in the mid to upper 30s, 39 degrees as a matter of fact, and some clouds this evening, all giving way to uh, mainly clear sky overnight with a low of 25, sunny and 36 degrees for tomorrow. Cloudy and 43 on Thursday, partly cloudy and 31 on Friday, sunny and 39 on Saturday, and sunny and 42 on Sunday. So there you go, folks, kind of a breakdown of what to expect for the rest of the week. And we'll even hit some overnight lows in the low 20s and upper teens. How about that? 
22 tomorrow night, 19 for the overnight low on Thursday. So you may want to make sure that uh, certain things are winterized if they uh, haven't already been uh, taken care of. 9.15 is our time, and Stephanie Beeman's going to join me uh, at about 9.40 this morning. The folks with Firefly Valley Farms have got a great event coming up, and I wanted to share that with you. And, and you know, if your, uh, your group, your organization, maybe even your business has an event coming up, something that uh, is, uh, is cool, something you want to talk about, get a hold of me, get a hold of uh, uh, Bill Mundhausen, and uh, we can probably set something up with you. And, of course, we're always looking for businesses to support uh, Key Radio on a variety of different levels. Uh, so uh, talk to us about that. I got a uh, uh, PSA public service announcement from Kelly this morning. Her fight is our fight. It says, join us for a spaghetti dinner and vendor craft event to benefit Emily Jenkins. It is going to be on uh, November the 19th. That is a Saturday from 4 until 8 p.m. at the 9th Street Christian Church at 1009 McKinley Drive in Eldon. Spaghetti, garlic, bread, salad, drink, and dessert. Adults $10, children $5, kids 3 and under eat free. Again, uh, hopefully we're going to get somebody on maybe Friday to tell us a little bit more about what's going on. A benefit with Emily, uh, or for rather, uh, Emily Jenkins at the 9th Street Christian Church in Eldon on Saturday, November the 19th. From 4 until 8 p.m., this is a spaghetti dinner and vendor crafter event. So uh, if you're interested, keep listening. We hope to have some folks on here very soon. And I will uh, I will find out if we can make that happen. That's the hope anyway. 9.17 is our time. So we were talking last hour with Attorney Fozzie Simon. And one of the topics that we touched on uh, was this uh, expungement issue with Amendment 3. And uh, it says here they shouldn't have to. The Legal Missouri 2022 initiative stipulates that an expungement order shall be legally effective immediately and the person whose record is expunged shall be treated in all respects as if he or she had never been arrested, convicted, or sentenced for the offense and the conviction and sentence shall be vacated as legally invalid Uh, The court shall issue an order to expunge all records and files related to the arrest, citation, investigation, charge, adjudication of guilt, criminal proceedings, and uh, probation related to the sentence. The court shall provide notice of the expungement to the person who is the subject of the record at the person's last known address, the arresting agency, prosecuting attorneys, central state uh, depository of criminal records, and any other entity that may have a record related to the order to expunge the Central State Depository of Criminal Records shall provide notice of the expungement to the Federal Bureau of Investigation's National Crime Information Center or its successor agency. The court, uh, it says here, shall issue the person a certificate stating that the offense for which the person was convicted has been expunge and that its effect is to uh, annul the record of arrest, conviction, and sentence. So I guess that is is the uh, skinny, if you will, on the expungement issue. Now, the only other issue, as far as expungement is concerned with Amendment 3, is... um, 
federal charges for possessing, producing, sharing, or delivering more than six ounces, but uh, mandates that anyone serving a sentence for more than three pounds must finish the sentence before being eligible for expungement. So we're not talking a major uh, a major situation when it comes to expungement, more of a minor situation like maybe some possession or paraphernalia or things along those lines. But again, for all of the details, make sure that you contact an attorney if you have any questions. I think most attorneys would probably consider it a, a, a consult. Uh, you could ask them if you have any questions about it and kind of explain your situation. Um, I can't guarantee that you know they wouldn't charge you for something like this, but uh, I would imagine in most cases somebody like Fozzie may be able to just uh, give you a little information and then or at least point you in the right direction as to where you need to go to find out more. 9.20 is our time. And I was looking at uh, uh, this morning here on Breitbart, as is the case, um, Katie Hobbs defeats Carrie Lake in Arizona governor's race and flips the state for the Democrats. Democrat Katie Hobbs is the projected winner of Arizona's gubernatorial race over Republican Carrie Lake, according to the Associated Press and other outlets. It is still not official, though, because, as is the case, the Secretary of State in that particular state needs to uh, needs to uh, make sure that the results are official. So I'm guessing it's unofficial at this particular point. So uh, you have to kind of, I guess, look at this and say it's being announced uh, in the media, but it's not official until the Secretary of State for the state of Arizona says so. And I don't necessarily know that that has happened yet. The results are still, I would imagine, at some point uh, unofficial. So, uh, hmm. We shall see, we shall see. Um, another story I see, and we, we might want to get Dan Wass back in here to talk about this, and we're still in the process of trying to get the loaded mic program on. The White House pushes for assault weapons ban after UVA handgun attack. The White House pushed for an assault weapons ban following a handgun attack that killed three people at the University of Virginia on Sunday night. And uh, it kind of goes into the story a little bit here and talks about the shooting suspect, a former UVA football player named Christopher Darnall uh, Jones, was uh, apprehended Monday morning. Reuters told, uh, noted that Jones allegedly used a handgun in his attack. Moreover, they noted that in addition to second-degree murder charges, Jones faces three counts of using a handgun in the commission of a felony. And it talks a little bit about what uh, what went on. There is a press release for this. Uh, Fox News observed that the White House reacted to the handgun attack by pushing an assault weapons ban. The White House pointed to gun control that President Joe Biden signed after the May 24, 2022 Uvalde shooting, saying, but we must do more. We need to enact an assault weapons ban to get weapons off of war off America's streets. House Democrats acted, and the Senate should follow. Um, so, 
a handgun is being used as a reason to do away with assault weapons. And I think in this particular situation, you could almost say, you know, they frame assault weapons in such a way to make them seem as they are so much more destructive than any other firearm out there. And I think a lot of people know that that is certainly not the case. The gun itself has, and, and, and we've talked about this plenty with, with, uh, with Dan Wass and locally with Tom Abbott and Mark Walters with Armed American Radio. Uh, you know, it, it, is, it is not the weapon that is the problem. Because the weapon cannot do anything unless it falls into the hands of someone who means to do harm. And again, it's taking an opportunity, a situation like this, when everyone is emotional, everyone is volatile, and it's so easy when people are in that particular state to say, you know what, this is exactly what we need to do. We need to get rid of assault weapons. We need to get rid of magazines of a certain capacity. We need to do away with this and do away with that. And, you know, the Second Amendment was never intended for what it is it is being used for in this day and age. Well, of course it was. Of course it was. It was intended for people to understand and realize that the citizens of this country have a very unique right that a lot of people don't have in other countries. And that is to be able to own firearms. There are certain countries where people cannot own firearms. Well, there are certain states that make it difficult for people to own firearms. And if they do own firearms, they make it uh, difficult uh, as far as uh, you know, purchasing ammunition and certain types of firearms. But, folks... What we have to wake up and realize and understand is that you can have every kind of ban you can possibly come up with for firearms. You can ban assault weapons. You can ban certain magazines. You can ban handguns. You can ban everything. You can put the blame on the companies that produce firearms and produce ammunition for what happens. But the whole fact of the matter is, folks, is we have a right to own firearms. And whatever laws or bans or whatever you want to put in place, criminals just don't care. If somebody is intent on doing harm, they're going to find whatever method is available. Sure, they're going to go for a firearm. But if they can't obtain a firearm, what about a knife? If they can't obtain a knife, what about a two-by-four? What about a brick? What about a vehicle? And then do you put bans on all of these things so that people cannot harm one another? Well, I hate to tell you this, folks, but we are not going to be able to, the federal government is not going to be able to protect us from ourselves. It's just not going to happen. And so when they go in and people buy into the fact that they think that the federal government is doing something wonderful when it comes to firearms, what are they doing? Well, they are essentially disarming the citizenry or making it difficult for the citizenry to have certain types of firearms, certain types of ammunition, and all things that can't do a damn thing unless you have... Exactly, Bobby. Baseball, bats, whatever. But I'm saying, 
You cannot protect people from harm. That is not what the government's job is. Although every time it seems like there is an issue or a problem or a shooting, what do we do? We look to the federal government, maybe even the state government, or possibly local government for answers. A pen in a Democrat's hand is an assault weapon on the United States Constitution. Thank you, David Thomas. I would have to agree with that statement. But one of the fundamental rights that we have in this country is to bear arms, to own and bear arms. And if you get behind a government that is willing to do whatever it is wanting to do that is necessary to disarm the citizenry, well, you're essentially just setting yourselves up. And you say, well, you know, we talk about other countries like what's going on in Venezuela and countries where they don't allow the citizens to have firearms. And why is that? Why do you think they don't want the citizens to have firearms? Because they don't want the citizenry to be able to protect themselves. They don't want people to have any opportunity to slow them down should someday they decide that they are going to declare martial law. And I don't, you can call me a conspiracy theorist if you want, but I think that is essentially what they're trying to do, is to push this country into an era of, of, of war. Because people are starting to get fed up. People has, have always been fed up with the government, always. And we've seen certain people take it out certain ways. But if you disarm the citizenry, then really the, you don't have any, any real hurdles. But I, I, I hate to tell you this, folks. It's not going to happen without a fight. Now, Jr. was in here yesterday, and we were talking about fighting with propaganda and fighting with the media and fighting with uh, you know, technology. And those certainly are ways that they are going to take the fight to the American people. But they are also going to take away your guns because they don't want anybody to have a leg up on the federal government. Why in the world would you arm IRS agents? Why in the world would you arm them? Well, if they're coming to someone's house to tell them, uh, oh, by the way, we need to talk with you about the fact that you haven't paid your taxes, that person might get a little upset. That person might own firearms. That person might say, get off of my property. You have no business here. Why in the world would you arm IRS agents? Well, it's for their own good. It's for their own safety. It's for their own protection. And guess what? That same theory applies to you and to me and to all of us. I'm not saying go out and do anything illegal with your firearms or go out and start a riot. But you should have the right to protect yourself and your family. Because we have seen in many instances where someone with a firearm was able to take out an active shooter much sooner than if they had to wait for the police to respond. And I'm not saying the police don't do a good job, but response time is crucial. We've seen it in schools. We've seen it in shopping malls. We've seen it in public places. And then we see those signs that say gun-free zone. And what is that? Well, essentially, all that is is an invitation to somebody who wants to do harm. It says, guess what? In most cases, you're not going to find too many obstacles if you want to come in and harm someone. 
and not just with a firearm, with a knife, with a board, with a brick. I'm sure it would be a little different in those instances, but if someone is intent on doing harm and has a firearm, saying that this is a gun-free zone, well, it's probably going to invite trouble more than it is is going to prevent it. 931, folks. Let's uh, take our final information break at the bottom of the hour. We will do that now. And when we return, we will talk with Stephanie Beeman from Firefly Valley Farms and get the update on the event that they've got coming up here very, very shortly this week, as a matter of fact. And uh, we'll talk with Stephanie Beeman and get the uh, skinny, if you will, on the event and everything that's going to take place and find out a little bit more for those of you who don't know about Firefly Valley Farms. It is a great place, and they are great people. It is 932. Stacy Johnson has a look at local news. Chris Schneider has a look at sports. Stacy with LakeExpo.com. Chris with Lake TV. And we thank you for tuning in to The Daily Show. Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, November 15th. Data from the Missouri Department of Conservation shows deer hunters in Missouri harvested over 90,000 deer during opening weekend of firearm season. Of the total, over 50,000 were antlered bucks. Over 30,000 were does. Top harvest counties included Franklin, Texas, and Callaway. The November portion of firearms deer season continues through November 22nd. Lake of the Ozarks Lake Race has a new name and a new location. Organizers announced that Lake Race would now be called Lodo Power Fest and would be moving to Shady Gators and Camden on the lake. Lodo Power Fest 2023 is still sanctioned by the Offshore Power Boating Association and it's set for June 1st through the 3rd, 2023. Six people were injured in a crash Sunday. It happened on Highway 52. A 16-year-old boy from Versailles was driving when his vehicle went into the eastbound lane and struck another vehicle driven by 45-year-old Brandy Hancock Delatel. Three people were moderately injured and taken to Lake Regional Hospital. 19-year-old Adam Buckingham was seriously injured and was taken by MU Air to University Hospital. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at Lake Expo. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what. What were the events? What are the things behind the scenes here? What what led to this? Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor program on 89.3 The Key.
Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. On the ice last night, the Blues make it three straight wins. They win at Colorado. Blues are all winning or all losing this year. They won their first three, lost their next eight, and now they've won three in a row again. They will play again tomorrow on the road at Chicago. NFL play last night saw the Eagles at home to Washington and Philly loses for the first time this year. They dropped an 8-1 and one on the season. That's the same as the Vikings. The Vikes are 8-1. and one. The Chiefs and Giants 7-2. and two. Chiefs, of course, come off the 10-point win over the Jaguars Sunday. They will entertain, or actually they'll be on the road to play the Chargers next week. Chiefs have scored 270 points and given up 206. That means they've outscored their opponents by 64 so far this season. College football, AP's top five teams are unchanged this week. Georgia at number one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, and TCU four. All those teams 10-0 and on the season. Tennessee is number five. The Vols are 9-1. and Mizzou four and six. They will be at home to New Mexico State Saturday. MSU is four and five. They're on the road to play Indiana State on Saturday. Hey, Lake TV brings you five local Lake Area shows, and they're all greatness, including a cup of coffee with Will and Chris every day at 802, 102, and 802. Everything about the lake, lake news, lake sports, find out what's going on at the lake. Cup of coffee with Will and Chris on Lake TV. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku, streaming live all the time at MyLakeTV.com as well. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. This is Happy Headlines. I'm the host, David Beach, bringing you good news and heartwarming stories to help you through your day. That's, I I wish I could come up with something else to say. Here's today's story. Finding humor in any situation can help you through it. The death of a family member, husband, wife, son, daughter, brother, sister, anyone can be very rough, horrible. And here's a story of another company that's helping to find a way to help deal with those feelings. From the AP News, when the pallbearers brought Phil McLean's coffin into the chapel, there was a gasp before a wave of laughter rippled through the hundreds of mourners. The coffin was a giant cream donut. It overshadowed the sadness and the hard times in the last few weeks, said his widow Deborah. The final memory in everyone's mind was of that donut and Phil's sense of humor. The donut was the latest creation by Phil's cousin Ross Hall, who runs a business in Auckland, New Zealand called Dying Art, which custom builds colorful coffins. The coffins add such a personal touch and a light and important memory to an otherwise very sad time. Dying Art has created coffins resembling a sailboat, a fire truck, chocolate bar, Lego blocks, glittering coffins covered in fake jewels, and even a casket inspired by the movie The Matrix. Also, coffins depicting people's favorite beaches and holiday spots. Ross said the tone of funerals has changed markedly over the recent years. People now think it's a celebration of life rather than mourning a death. And they've been willing to throw out stuffy conventions in favor of getting something unique. But a donut? Deborah McLean said she and her husband used to tour the country in their motor home and loved comparing cream donuts in every small town. After Phil was diagnosed with cancer, he had time to think about his funeral and along with his wife and cousin came up with the idea for a donut coffin. Deborah said they even had 150 donuts delivered to the funeral from Phil's favorite bakery in Wittianga, more than 100 miles away. 
helping people through a rough time in a special way. That is a happy headline. This is Happy Headlines. Thank you for listening. Stay happy, stay healthy, and find a way to make someone's day. Key Radio is a nonprofit radio station that works with local residents in the Lake of the Ozarks community. Our goal is to provide a positive platform for content that addresses a variety of topics while also giving people the opportunity to find out more about what's going on in our own backyard. Key Radio uses donations to bring you all of the information. So, if you like what you hear and you'd like to help us continue our mission, please reach out to us at keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. Businesses, individuals, and content providers power the programming that you hear on Key Radio. To inquire about making your tax-deductible donation, go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio or call 573-280-0532. 573-280-0532. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. If you've got a topic you'd like to share with the community, contact us right here at 89.3, The Key. 940, and it's always great to have you with us here on The Daily Show. Coming up on the program tomorrow, of course, we'll talk with the next presiding commissioner of Camden County. His name is Ike Skelton. And we will also talk to the true history professor, Professor Jim Paisley. Can China win without firing a shot? That is the topic of his discussion tomorrow morning in the 9 o'clock hour. Have we become too dependent on China? Right now they control our supply lines, batteries for electric cars, wind turbines, and solar panels, and above all else, computer chips. How would that impact our ability to defend ourselves if a war broke out between the U.S. and China? Recent war games conducted by the Pentagon have given us answers. What did they find out? Well, tune in tomorrow in the 9 o'clock hour at 9.10 to hear from the True History Professor, Professor Jim Paisley, and we'll talk about China. Can China win without firing a shot? Hey, it is uh, it's about 35 degrees in Osage Beach, and we, uh, of course, have a little bit of the white stuff on the ground, but I think most of it is probably melting off, and the only real problem is as uh, some of this stuff melts, the uh, ability for it to freeze up and maybe cause some slick spots later on tonight. I noticed that the Missouri Department of Transportation was out, and you saw those maybe some of that uh, black stuff, uh, dark stuff on the roadways. They're using that beet juice salt mix to kind of help with the slipping and sliding and some of the elements that uh, uh, we encounter as far as uh, the cold temperatures and the precipitation, which Again, has fallen in the form of snow. Cloudy and 39 for today. Partly cloudy and 25 the low tonight. Then sunny and 35 tomorrow. Mostly cloudy and 42 on Thursday. Partly cloudy and 31 on Friday. Sunny and 39 on Saturday. And sunshine and 42 degrees on Sunday. 942 is our time. Let's find out what's up with Stephanie Beeman from Firefly Valley Farms. They've got an event coming up, and she is joining us here this morning on The Daily Show. Hi, Stephanie. How you doing? Good morning, KB. I'm doing great. Oh, marvelous. Well, I am so glad to hear that. Um, 
you got an event coming up here shortly. Let's talk a little bit about what's uh, what's going on and, and what you folks plan on doing because I, I saw this. And I read this, and I'm like, this is just phenomenal, and, and, and we need more things like this going on in the area. So uh, talk to us about what's happening. Sure, absolutely. We are really excited. Um, on Friday, uh, we are doing an eat and greet at the roastery. We're going to have uh, some local food trucks and a local baker that are going to be out there. Uh, we'll have Barista Go coffee uh, trailer out there. We'll have Shady Shack. We'll be doing some great um, breakfast and lunch. Uh, they do biscuits and gravy and breakfast burritos. And then we'll also have Wicked Sugar, who she does some fabulous-looking cheesecakes mm. and specialty desserts. So, I mean, I just cannot wait. I am so excited <laughs> um, for this to get started. <laughs> now, um, the meet and greet is always a great thing. The meet and greet but when you take it up a notch or 10 with an eat and greet i think well you can't beat that with a big old stick so an eat and greet is a great opportunity to come out and sample some of the uh the great fare from some of the local food trucks but i would imagine you folks are gonna have some uh, some items uh, out there available for folks as well don't you think Absolutely. We are going to be given tours in the roastery, and we will have um, some nitro cold brew that we're doing here. I don't know how many people are doing nitro at their coffee shops, but we have nitro on tap. Uh If you haven't had nitro cold brew, you are missing out. It is so creamy and delicious, and we have all kinds of different flavors that we can add in there. I recommend the salted caramel cold brew. Phenomenal. Uh, We'll have our... um, We'll have our little coffee store open, and we'll have gift packs. Get all the uh, stocking stuffers and gift basket stuff ready for yes. your office parties and whatnot. Yes. Absolutely. We will have all kinds of delicious things. Now, explain this this nitro concept to people who may not to be familiar with it, Stephanie. Yeah. Um, so what we do, we have this, um, it's called nitro brew. What it does is it takes nitrogen out of the atmosphere and infuses it in, as tiny bubbles into the coffee. So it changes that regular texture of cold coffee, and it gives it a creamy texture. It tricks your brain into thinking that there's actually cream in there. Oh, my goodness. And uh, this system that we're using, it, does, it doesn't use any consumable nitrogen tanks. Um, so it's really uh, environmentally friendly, right. and it's just awesome. We are loving it. We want to use the nitro in all kinds of things. We want a nitro-infused lemonades and, and tea and kombucha and what, whatever we can. We want to we want to do that. Bucha. We're excited about this. What system. is bucha? Tell me kombucha. about bucha. Kom- kombucha. That's uh, that's that fermented beverage that everybody drinks. I, I just think that that would be kind of interesting in the nitro, too. Mm-hmm. We're not doing it yet, but we will have some more things coming in the springtime that we're excited about. So there's some experimentation going on there is what you're saying. There is. We have a full test kitchen in here that we're just inventing all kinds of different drinks. A test kitchen. Uh, wow. Absolutely. And it's fun. And yeah, I encourage people to come into the store if they see a flavor there that they've never tried and they want to they want to try it as a handcrafted soda or they want to try it in lemonade. We welcome the inventors to come down and we'll just experiment with all kinds of things. You have your own test kitchen. How cool is that? I yeah, love it. I love that absolutely. idea. 
and, it and, is fun. And, and Absolutely. Kombucha is it is it is, is it like a tea? What would you associate that with as far as a, a something that people uh, might be familiar it with? It is. It is a fermented juice uh-huh. that um, it has. Um, I think of the word now. I'm I'm drawing a blank here. Actually, That's right. uh, it's a fermented process, and it's really good for. Uh, it's, oh, it's got probiotics mm-hmm. in it. Great for gut health. <laughs> well, yeah. that is always important because your gut health, and what yeah. do they call it? Is it is it like a probiotic type of an approach or something? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited yeah, so- and. and and so you're going to have all of these different things available, and then you encourage people that, that have ideas to maybe come talk to you, and they could very well be in the in the process of inventing some delicious drink that will be available through you folks at, uh, at Firefly Valley Farms. Yes, indeed. Outstanding. I love it. We hope to do, we hope this event is just one of, the first of many we yeah. hope to have these type of food truck events um, monthly maybe even weekly if everybody loves it right you know there's a lot of new food trucks in town we would love to rotate some of them in and kind of showcase other small businesses oh, uh, we want this to be a a kind of like an incubator for small businesses we would love to see um, our community come out and support these small businesses what a great idea. What a phenomenal idea. And we've got so many food trucks, and food trucks are really taking off at the lake. Of course, Ashley Hayes and the uh, big food truck event that they have in the spring and fall out at the uh, Lori uh, Fairgrounds, which is, and I miss the one in the fall, and I feel bad, but I had a prior obligation that I couldn't get out of, and I, I was really upset that I didn't get a chance to get out there and enjoy uh, some of this. But there is a site on Facebook where you can look for uh, food trucks in the area, and we have so many of them that offer so many different types of fare, and I think that's wonderful. But one of the things we want to make sure and do is when we're talking about the event that you've got coming up, we again want to hit the date, the time, and certainly, most importantly, uh, the location. Yes, it is on Friday, November 18th from 7 a.m. until 4 p.m., And we are at 527 South Business Route 5. We are about a half mile south of the square, just past the Casey's. All right, I'm writing. I don't do shorthand very well, Stephanie, so I'm writing this all down. (laughs) Okay. 527 South Business Route 5, uh, about a half mile south of the square, right past the Casey's. Yes. All right. Yes. All right, I can do I can do that, and then uh, seven until four this Friday, and and so November eighteenth, November eighteenth, and and so you've got a. Did you say you have a roastery on on site, so people can kind of get out and see how you roast the coffee beans, and then how that whole process works from getting the beans, roasting them, getting them in the bag, and then getting them to your customers. Yes, we are really excited to share our roasting process with the community. Uh, on the side of our building, we have a uh, traffic signal. Um, red light, we're obviously closed. Green light, we're open. Uh-huh. And if you do see the yellow light, that means we are roasting. We encourage people to come by, see the process. Uh, sometimes it does get a little bit hectic. It's uh, about 12 minutes of boredom and one minute of sheer panic because uh, you don't want to burn the beans. <laughs> 
Uh, if I burn the beans, I'm going to have to sell them to Starbucks. You know, that's just what we're going to have to do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't burn the beans. Yep, Don't burn yep. the beans. That, Don't burn the beans. That's probably that, that's that probably a big news. sign. A big sign that you have over your head that says, <laughs> Don't burn the beans. Well, this, uh, again, yes. sounds like a phenomenal event. And I applaud both you and your husband, Dax, for supporting small businesses in the area because we know how tough it is in this day and age. And, you know, you folks had uh, – uh, do you still have the facility? Where was it, out in, uh, out around Roach? Yes, we still have our fruit orchard out there, and we just outgrew that warehouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was about an 800-square-foot warehouse, and it was just um, it was just too small for us. We outgrew it really quickly. Plus, they were charging us extra shipping fees to get deliveries out there. So this is this is great being right here in the center of Camdenton. Sure, uh, the community is great. We've had great experience with the city getting us set up really quickly. That's yeah. amazing. That is we're just awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, again, Friday this Friday, November the eighteenth, from seven a.m. until four p.m. 527 South Business Route 5, about a half mile south of the square, past Casey's in Camdenton. And uh, and what are you calling this event again? What is the, the title of the name? The Eat and Greet. I love that. Eat, Eat and Greet. Mm-hmm. Eat and Greet. Absolutely. With uh, Firefly Valley Farms. That's- and just a whole mess of good people that are going to be out there with their food trucks and you get to uh, taste a little bit, and you get to drink a little bit, and taste some of that. And uh, I, I'm interested uh, sometime to maybe get back in the test kitchen with you and your husband to see what kind of crazy stuff you're back there inventing and doing. And I don't know if you use test tubes or Bunsen burners or whatever you use back there, but <laughs> certainly uh, a neat experience to uh, to get out there and and see what's going on. I, I certainly applaud your efforts and thank you for thinking of the small businesses in the area. And and uh, look forward to having an opportunity. Like I said, uh, it's just uh, right down South Business 5, easy to find. So I think we'll be out there at some point on Friday uh, to see what you folks are doing. All right. We look forward to it, KB. Stephanie, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. And, and just real quick, uh, again, you have a traffic light at your business. So red means you're closed, green means you're open, and you said yellow means you're roasting. And it's kind of a neat uh, process, 12 minutes of boredom, one right. minute of panic. Yes, absolutely. That's a, uh, yes, it, it has kind of this um, hypnotic effect. It's, you know, you hear the beans swooshing around in there, and you, you can get a little hypnotized. Yeah. So we have bells and alarms that go off to make sure we don't burn the beans. Are, you, are there specific times during the day that you roast the beans if people wanted to come by rather than just showing up and, oh, we're not roasting any beans right now? Um, we don't have a set schedule of when we have to roast, but we do try and post our uh, yellow alert is what we call it. Yellow alert is on. Mm-hmm. Um, we put it on Facebook so that way people can run down here real quick. We usually roast for about a three to four hour window. Outstanding. So that will give them plenty of time to come on down. Stephanie, what is the Facebook page, by the way, so we can all uh, find it and check it out? Um, it is Firefly Valley Farms Coffee Roasters. Okay. You can find us there. Uh, if you want to do the, it's facebook.com um, backslash FVFMO, Firefly Valley Farms, Missouri. 
Firefly Valley Farms. Okay, I've got that down there for the Facebook page. I, I would imagine if you search Firefly Valley Farms, you're going to find it on Facebook. No problem there. And uh, everybody yeah, come out on absolutely. Friday, November the 18th, 7 until 4. It's going to be a fun event. It's an eat and greet. Those are my favorite of all time. And, uh, again, Stephanie, thank you so much for taking some time to join us this morning. All right. Thank you, KB. Let's see. Uh, look forward to seeing everyone out there. Sounds like a winner. Yeah, buddy. How can you go wrong with an eat and greet? I mean, how can you go wrong? Food, beverages, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. And I know that we've had the opportunity to enjoy the Firefly Valley Farms coffee on plenty of different occasions. I've had it delivered to the house. I've had it, uh, you know, when we were, uh, when we kicked off Key Radio, uh, Stephanie and Dax would come out and set up over there at the, uh, key gathering place and and they just you know they were doing it for a while and we really appreciated having that but they needed to get down to business and make some money so they had to move on and do some other things and it sounds like they have landed on their feet certainly on uh on the new location there on south business five just a half mile south of the square in camdenton five two seven South Business Route 5. So look for this place and go to their Facebook page. And when you see the yellow alert on the Facebook page, you might want to get out there and watch how they do what they do because it is very exciting. 9.56 is our time. As I said, coming up on the program tomorrow, the next presiding commissioner of Camden County, that would uh, be Ike Skelton. The True History Professor Jim Paisley will be on the program with us. And also... On Thursday, Mindy Sales. I got to spend some time with Mindy yesterday. We uh, we did a little driving out to her husband Todd's job site, saw this beautiful home. And, I mean, you talk about retro. I mean, throwback, old school. This home that they're working on, the uh, decor, if you will, is throwback. It is retro. It is like some things you've never seen. It almost reminds me of going home and seeing my mom. Because I don't know who said it when I went back to see mom. It's like going and you go back in time and you're kind of stuck in the time warp. Mom has, you know, my mother, she doesn't have to change anything in her house. I mean, she's had the same couches and and chairs and carpeting and wallpaper and decorations in that house for years. And she doesn't have to change it for anybody. She's comfortable with it. So... She just keeps it around. It, you know, reminds her of different things. And, and we still have the old uh, old stereo, the old uh, hi-fi. It's got the stereo. It's got the record player. And it has a reel-to-reel machine in it. And uh, I think I blew the speakers out in it as a kid listening to when Mom would go shopping. My sister was gone. I would put my albums on and crank them. And my mom would say, you know, she's almost home, and she pulls into the driveway, and she can, much like, you know, with cars today, you know, if somebody's listening to something, and they've got the bass turned way up, and it's like you can feel it in your chest. That is essentially what I did in my home, uh, where I grew up as a kid up there in Florissant. And a big shout-out to everybody at Roberto's Pizza in Florissant. Still, some of the best pizza you're going to find in the city of St. Louis. Uh, we stopped, and uh, my mom and everybody else ate Chinese. And so I said, I really want a Roberto's Pizza. It's been a long time since I've had Roberto's Pizza. So I got the Roberto's Supreme Pizza. 
And the difference when you are eating a Roberto's Supreme Pizza is it has certain things on it that I don't think a lot of people enjoy. However, Roberto's, when they do the sausage on their pizza, when they put sausage on the pizza, they don't put it out like you would say put hamburger on a pizza. Some people roll it up in little balls, and that's what Roberto's does. They have the little sausage balls, and they put sausage balls on there so that you get a piece of sausage in every piece of pizza. And they do a thin crust style pizza with an amazing cheese, an amazing sauce. And the kicker, my friends, the kicker to all of this is the fact that they had little shrimp and anchovies on the pizza. And to me, anchovies, not anchovy paste, but anchovies on a pizza is like a little slice of heaven. And maybe you like anchovies. Many of you, I'm sure, don't. But to me, that is the true taste of, of being at Roberto's, which is about a hop, skip, and a jump from my mom's place in Malampi Gardens there in Forreston, Missouri. Have a wonderful day. My thanks to Fozzie Simon. My thanks to Stephanie Beeman. My thanks to you for joining us. We're back here tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. on 89.3 KEYK Osage Beach, Missouri. It is great to be alive and live at the lake.